Shalom, and welcome to the Tanya, the Messiah, and You, a daily broadcast that seeks to connect the teachings of Hasidut preserved in the Tanya, written by Rabbi Shneur Zalman of Liadi, with the teachings of Yeshua of Nazareth, thus invigorating our Messianic faith with the beautiful teachings of Hasidut. Today we're going to be beginning in chapter 35. Now over the last couple days, the Tanya has discussed how the heart or the mind can become a temple to God, which is one aspect of our service to God. Now according to Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 14, which is the very verse the Tanya is based on, there are actually three garments or expressions of our soul. As it says there, the Torah and its commandments are very much within your reach. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart in order to do it. And that's Deuteronomy 30 verses 14. And therefore your mouth represents in this context speech, such as prayer and discussion of words of Torah. Your heart represents thought, such as we discussed previously regarding meditation, as well as your intention in performing commandments. And the word la'asoto, or to do it, here represents our actions, as expressed through the practical observance of the commandments. Now with this knowledge, and in transition from chapter 34, the Alti Rebbe now moves on to discuss a problematic question inherent in the concept of doing in the realm of action, or the soul's garment of action. There he writes, Let's clarify further the term la'asoto, so that you can do it. And let's also try to get some minimal insight into the reason for which Benonim were created. In other words, why would God create some people with what appears to be a stronger evil inclination than others that seem to have achieved total mastery over their thoughts, their speech, and their action? Now, before we can answer this question, we have to define the terms. What is a Benoni? It talks about Benonim. Why were they created? Well, a Benoni is interpreted as an in-betweener. It is someone who has achieved external mastery over their fleshly impulses, but whose evil inclination is still very much present within them and strong, producing an intense internal battle that the Benoni or the in-betweener is fated to wage his whole life. On the other hand, a tzaddik or a pious person uh, achieves full mastery over his inclination to such an extent that it's virtually slain even while he yet remains in his mortal body. Yeshua, for instance, being the tzaddik, had completely and totally mastered his inclinations. So the Tanya's question, and maybe yours, is why would God create most of us in such a way that we are virtually incapable of completely ridding ourselves of evil speech, evil thoughts, and evil behavior in this world? The Tanya goes on to ask, And we need some insight into why the divine souls of Benonim came down into this world to be enmeshed with an animal soul from Klippa and Sitra Akra. In other words, why would God place our divine souls deep down into our physical bodies, what the Tanya here says is animated by the animal soul, and what Paul refers to in the New Testament as being the flesh, that makes us hungry, it makes us thirsty. Why would God put our divine soul down into this? In addition, this body acts like a klipa, or an edible husk, or shell, containing the good edible fruit inside, here being referenced to the divine soul. And he also says that the animalistic soul derives energy from the Sitra Akra, or the other side, that is the side of impurity. Apparently the divine soul and the animal soul derive from these two different sources. One desiring to ascend in holiness and to reconnect with God, while the other desiring to satiate even our most base urges and desires and reconnect with the very dust from which it was formed. And this is what Paul refers to as this battle within that he wages, mentioned in Romans chapter 7. 
The difficulty is that our divine soul is enmeshed with and contained within our body under the influence and animated by the animal soul, which means if we want our divine soul to ascend toward holiness in speech and thought and in action, it must do so through the medium of the animal soul that animates the body. That is, you have to go through the animal soul to access the body. And this creates a frustration for the Benoni, for the average person, because our urges to be holy and connected to God, which derive from the animal soul, suffer under the negative influences and energy of the animal soul. And the divine soul can never truly influence the animal soul's essential nature. So it appears that the Benoni or the average person, the in-betweener, is doomed to an endless struggle. So much so that Paul writes in Romans chapter 7 verse 24, Miserable man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Why even try to be holy if my body is just going to resist me? And if I can never truly change the animal soul's essential nature? Or as some might ask themselves, why try to be sober? Why try to be celibate? Why try to overcome certain sinful behaviors that plague me? If my body is just going to resist me, and if I can never truly remove the root of the temptation of either this addiction or bad habit or what have you. The Tanya continues on, that since they cannot send her away, that is the animal soul, all, all her days, which is alluded to in Deuteronomy 22 verse 19, and since he cannot dislodge the animal soul from its place in the heart's left chamber, that is the seed of passion, desire, and drive, thereby preventing the animal soul from causing inappropriate thoughts to rise to the brain. And for in the case of the Benonim or in the in-betweeners, the deep core or the essence of the animal soul derived from the klipa or the husk remains as strong and powerful as when they were born. And this is usually due to habit and development of harmful character traits over time. And it's only the animal soul's garments of impure thoughts, speech, and action that are unable to influence the body due to the constant battle waged by the Benoni, the in-betweener, thus preventing this animal soul from expressing itself as was explored in chapter 12. The fleshly nature is within us and can never be completely removed from us, which on the positive side produces free will choice as well as the ability to receive reward. However, on the negative side, it produces struggle. It produces despair because there's open possibility for sin. However, though it exists within us and we can never completely remove it, thus producing this constant battle, we are capable of mastering it through the atoning merit, the empowering spirit and example of Yeshua. As Paul writes in Romans chapter 7, verse 25, thanks be to God, it is through Messiah Yeshua, our Lord. So then with my mind, I myself, that is my divine soul within me, serves the Torah of God. But with my flesh, that is my animal soul, I serve the law of sin. That is, I fall into the patterns and the habits and struggles of sin. So therefore, he's saying, even though I pursue holiness and godliness according to the Torah, at the same time, this animalistic soul is within me and it constantly brings up thoughts that are negative. It constantly tempts me with poor actions. It constantly tempts me with impure speech. And therefore, I have to constantly fight it. And the victory comes through Yeshua. That is, through Yeshua, we can take every thought captive, as we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Through Yeshua, we can bridle our tongue as we read in James 1.26, and therefore control our speech. Through Yeshua, we can also be doers that act and not hearers only, as it says in James 1.22. 
by finding expression for our divine soul in our thoughts, speech, and action through Yeshua, we are capable of suppressing and preventing the animal soul from expressing itself. As it says in Galatians 5.16, if you walk by the Spirit, you will not satisfy the desires of the flesh. Nevertheless, the struggle remains, strengthened by a lifetime of bad habits and poor lifestyle choices and negative character traits. As Paul writes in Galatians 5.17, for the desires of the flesh, that is the animal soul, are against the spirit, the divine soul. And the desires of the spirit, the divine soul, are opposed to the desires of the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Therefore, the Tanya asks, since this is the case, why do the souls of Benonim have to come down into this world for a war which can't be won, for a futile struggle, God forbid, to battle in vain with the impulse to evil all their days, unable to prevail over it? Where is the hope? Why would someone wage a battle that can't be won? Well, according to Paul in Romans chapter 8, if we suffer with the Messiah, that is, if we wage this war against the flesh, we will also be glorified with the Messiah. For I consider the sufferings of the present time not worthy to be compared with the coming glory to be revealed to us, which Paul here refers to as the redemption of our bodies. Therefore, though the battle within us is waged here, the ultimate victory is revealed in the world to come, wherein we will escape condemnation, our divine soul will find its full expression in all of its garments, and we will receive our final reward the spoils of this war. This is our hope for the future. Nevertheless, where is our consolation in the meantime? The Tanya concludes today's portion by stating, Let this be their consolation, quoting from Job 21.2, to offer them comfort with a double measure of wisdom. That's Job 11.6. And to let their hearts rejoice with God, who is present with them in their Torah and in their service, their worship. Our comfort amid this struggle is that it's not actually a futile war, but rather we have cause for our hearts to rejoice in God because by fighting the animal soul continuously, we're actually creating for God a temple within us for his spirit through Torah and worship, through study and practice of his commandments through Yeshua. Simply put, fighting the flesh may appear to feel like an unwinnable battle, but the spiritual reality proves that the battle is not futile, but that you are creating the conditions by which you can experience the near tangible presence of God within you and within your world. Thus is the end of today's Tanya portion.